Hello guys, welcome back to Snap Podcast, and now I'm bringing you a brand new episode to you all. Today I'm going to present you about the life of migrant workers in Thailand, and, and today I invite a special guest as well. So now I'm here with Mui Bonsider. So hello Mui, good to see you again. How's it going? Hi, Sha. It's great to talk to you again after we we part ways um, sure. one week ago. So okay, good to see you again. So can you please introduce about your yourself and any other about your organization? Sure. Um. So my full name is Bunsita Rawisokiting, but you can call me Boy. Um. I'm currently working as a senior project executive at Rapid Asia. So we do research and we do consulting for development organizations such as UN agencies or NGOs. So mainly, I work on. Migration and labor rights, human rights project. So that will be my also my main interest as well. And I also do a side project called Visible Project. It's about um, so we aim to raise awareness and promote a sense of equality between Thai people and migrant workers through art. Oh, great! Okay, so. If you have more detail about the estimated number of uh, migrant workers in Thailand, maybe like it may be legal or illegal or both legal and illegal. Do you know the estimated number of migrant workers in Thailand? Mm-hmm. So, if I'm not wrong, so we have now about three and three point five million migrant workers from neighboring countries such as Cambodia, Laos, and Myanmar. And the registered and unregistered migrant workers are not so far. The numbers are not so far apart. So about a million to two million are unregistered migrant workers. So these migrants are predominantly employed in um, many several work sectors such as fishing, agriculture, construction, manufacturing. Domestic workers or sometimes other services. Ah, uh, okay. So if I have a chance to make more details, uh, do you know the number of Burmese workers, uh, like Myanmar workers from Myanmar, and how many percentage of them participate in overall migrant workers in Thailand? Mm-hmm. Um. So actually, most migrants are from Myanmar. So more than uh. half of migrants are from Myanmar. So they're uh fairly even split split between male and female so uh, it's about 50 50. Mm. Mm, great because like uh, i saw you make lots of project with a uh, burmese worker in because like yes. you made present in the uno so i saw that oh my god lots of Burmese <laughs> people so, great okay so <clears throat> so if i if for a for my great worker who want to move to or who want to flee to your country what are the basic needs to become legal like a work permit or sometimes visa, passport, or like a uh, length of work permit, something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we actually have two formal ways for, for people to migrate to Thailand. So first one is through the MOU channel, and the second one is for Border Employment Scheme. So these have been signed about, it's actually like 20 years ago, the MOU mm-hmm. between... Thailand and Laos, Cambodia and Myanmar to enable migrants to work legally with full protection in Thai, um, of Thailand's labor law. So for the MOU, 
Um, it's it's like um, formal channel that would be like the best the best way to migrate to Thailand, but um, somehow it's cost a lot. That's the downside of it. It costs a lot to have to prepare passports, prepare um, documents, <coughs> and the one of the most popular way um, for people to migrate is through the broker, which sometimes it's not. It's not that. Um, I would say it's not that good because, yeah. like, sometimes it depends on how that broker being fair. Um, to to you, sometimes they charge a lot, and then they just they just leave or they just left you at the border. So that that case happened before as well. And then it's very easy for for people to get traffic through through that broker situation. <coughs> But then Thai government also try to legalize um irregular migrants. So. The, it's a few years ago. Um, the government said that so if you are if you are undocumented migrant workers who live in Thailand, so please come forward and then they provide some legal documents so they can um, live and work in Thailand uh, with full protection. Uh, yeah, because like in our country, some of the people like uh, some of the people they didn't they cannot afford the money to move to Thailand mm-hmm. and then they make a lot of money. They loan money from some places, like, and yeah. then they connected with like some agency, and after that, uh, they at at first they hope that oh we would be we would be legal if we connect with agency, mm-hmm. but then the agency make bullshit, and then <laughs> they <laughs> yeah they would be they they got arrested yeah. when they were to Thailand. So okay, good. So for the yeah. next question, so what kind of support uh for the the legal uh legal worker get like. Have service and uh, education, or do they have some protection mm-hmm. from the government, like a law protection? So yeah. Yes. So according to the law, they have the right to access to health services. So now it's not; it's pretty new. We have um, it's like migrants insurance. It's like health insurance for migrant workers who who have work permit. So they work in Thailand legally. And then they have also have education for the children, and then rights to get overtime pay and paid holidays. Um, those are the rights that they have. But also sometimes they're mainly dependent on the employer and also the work sector. So for example, if they work in um, domestic as a domestic <coughs> worker, sometimes the employer might have some. Agreement with them, so okay, so this month no holiday, and then you can get holiday next month. So it's really dependent on the employer. But then if you work in manufacturing sector, if you work in a factory, then you will have like okay Sunday off, or you have two hours of lunch break, and then you work from this time to this time. So that would be that would create less risk for them to being um, it's like involuntary work. But also, some migrants are not aware of their rights or work benefits. So now, many local NGOs um, they already implemented and still working in many areas across Thailand to provide training for migrant workers. That okay, these are the rights that you have. So some of the training, like the topics, are awareness of rights, how to seek for assistance, 
uh, if they face some issues with employer or the colleague, mm-hmm. and some prevention of potential human trafficking that could happen, and yeah. some access to legal assistance. So this is the additional question. Like, do you have any experience about addressing the issues between the employer employees and migrant workers? Like, because like I I had about some salary cases. Uh, working hours, overtime, something. So, do you have any experience or addressing the issues? So, I'm not um, like close to a case, but then I did some research and then I read the yeah. interviews and then we did interviews with actually I think a Burmese worker that has some issues with employer. So, this was like they were working for this employer, but then the employer just not pay them, so they keep the wage, and then so they went to a local NGO for help. So they seek for help, and then the local NGO helped them find the attorney, and mm-hmm. then they um, they sue the employer, and then the workers get all the compensation and all the money back. So there are many cases that the local NGOs <coughs> work with the migrant workers, and then they they win the case. So. I believe that mostly if the employee, the workers, um, they wanted to sue the employee in Thailand, mm-hmm. our labor law is pretty strong. Not all cases, <coughs> but it's still pretty strong. So if you're an employer, employee, if you're an employee, then you have, you're more likely to win the case if uh, you have evidence and people who help you. Okay. So, like, uh, in your opinion, like a personal opinion, maybe. So, what are the biggest problems for legal and illegal workers in Thailand? It it, it will relate with any other migrant worker, like Laos, Cambodia, Myanmar. So, what are the problems mm-hmm. for them? Biggest mm-hmm. biggest problems. So, yeah. I biggest problem. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can maybe I can talk on both employer and migrant worker side. So for the employer, um, they often complain about the lack of clarity in local policy and laws, and then there's a high risk of losing their workers. So mm-hmm. some of sometimes the worker comes and then they get all the documents. The employer pay for all the documents, and then after that one or two months, the workers leave them. So that that's also one of the concerns from the employer side, because. Now we we really have a labor shortage issue in Thailand, mm-hmm. and also their high dependence on the broker system. So it's very hard for them to contact with migrant workers directly. But now, from my personal like observe <coughs> like from observing on Facebook, there's some Facebook groups that employer and workers can talk directly, and then they can hire directly from there. On the migrant worker side, I think the main problem would be, the, as I mentioned, the high fees of getting document or being a registered migrant, and then it's sometimes not easily accessible, and also some dissemination of false information by employer, the broker, or authorities themselves. That would be one of the. It's like it's a fake news. So it's mm-hmm. like people getting this news, and then they believe that okay, this is, this is happening, but then actually it's not. And then, 
the ability to get a job yeah. without being um, documented migrants that that is also pretty difficult, um, especially during COVID situation. So an employer, some employer might be, oh, I don't want to hire you because you don't have a proper document. So that could be um, also a barrier for for migrant workers who don't have uh, proper documentation. Oh, great. And also, I think the last thing could be the lack of training or skill development. So mm-hmm. some people, sometimes they come and then, like, they they cannot access to the training that provided by local NGO. <coughs> so sometimes it's, it's a mismatch of opportunities. So they want to work, but then they don't have the skills for the job that is available. And sometimes it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because, like... Uh, Sam didn't have enough training for their related uh, workspaces. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Mm-hmm. So, how about the situation of human trafficking in Thailand, especially in bordering places? Like, the, does the, mm-hmm. the, the rate is higher or lower in these years? How about mm, that? I think um, from the research I did recently, it, it went down a bit wow. um, for the human trafficking case. Um, compared to like two or three years ago mm-hmm. but then there's still some cases that still happening especially like in the border um, there's some um, law violating they sometimes they take passports and there's so many cases that they, it comes to like violence mm-hmm. sometimes um, when migrants did that they don't have proper documents, they are afraid of um, going through this complaint mechanism. They, if they, if something happened to them, if the employer abused them, they don't want to go to the police because they could be deported back to the country because they don't have the proper documentation. Um, also, sometimes this creates an, an opportunity for um, illegal smugglers so there are formal ways and there are informal ways that sometimes people cross border through um, the forest. Mm-hmm. So that could be another another channel that people come in, and that that is very risky, I would say, especially during COVID. Some people um, were reported going back to their um, their country of origin through the forest, and then some got caught by the police. So it it was. It was very sad to hear in the news because since COVID happened, um, there's so many news coming out of also mainstream media that, okay, migrants are who are those who spread COVID, which we know is not true. Mm. <laughs> But then the media is trying to paint this, this thing and then some people believe it and then some of the people who are aware that they... So they are like, okay, this news is is totally fake news, something like that. So this like really <coughs> create higher chance of like human trafficking cases that people have bad um, like negative attitudes towards migrants, and then the social protection are not there. So I believe that like the public attitudes can lead to how the policies have been like created. In the country, so it's it's very important to to tackle this this attitudes of the local people. 
Okay, so, yeah, because, like, due to the current situations here in our country, like, most of the people trying to flee the country, and some of them have to uh, move another places for their work, because, like, there is no guarantee for the security here, so, yeah, actually, yeah, like I, like, we, like I mentioned before, some connect with the agency, and then they can be human trafficked. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how about your future plan for migrate work, migrate workers? Because like you did lots of project with workers, so how about your future plan for them? Yeah. So my project, as I mentioned, is called Weasel Project. So this project actually inspired by uh, research that I worked on twenty nineteen. It was my first project when I started working. So it's about public attitudes towards migrant workers. Um, it's in Japan, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. So it it kind of like um, made me really dig deep into this this issue because I believe that for generations, media coverage, educational system, historical narrative, and the national identity have shaped all these attitudes, and then they can only be a change through a long-term commitment to build greater awareness of not only the positive contribution that migrant workers make, but then also as a human being as well. So I think how, uh, to get people to consider their own beliefs, emotions, opinions on this particular subject is, is a crucial aspect of driving social change. And I think that art can, can deliver can be a vehicle for us to go beyond the boundaries of what we currently know or think. And then, yeah, I'm, and personally, I love arts. I think, like, it, it breaks all the barriers of the language and the culture. Like, we don't have to speak the same language to understand each other anymore through art. So what I did, um, so we had, like, the first workshop in July. <coughs> So with like the theme of connecting with ourselves and others through a concept of art therapy, where participants can express themselves in several ways, including dancing, um, reflecting through photos, and painting the story of their lives on canvas. And then we have about 30 participants in total, including Burmese and Thai participants. Mm -hmm. So this workshop, like it received a lot of positive feedback. It's, it's actually very surprising. Because like when I first started, it was it was very tough journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then, yeah, towards the end of this year, um, we aim to organize a, like a small art exhibition featuring artworks from from the workshop with like a glimpse of storytelling to expand the exposure on this issue to the public. So that's that's our plan for this <coughs> year for several months left. <laughs> mm. Okay, great. Yeah. So. Uh, do you have anything else to talk about? Oh, sorry, anything to ask to to the people who are listening to this podcast? Because like some of them who listen to listening to this podcast will, I think they will think about uh, Tyler would be a great place to work. So, if you have some mm -hmm. something to say, okay, go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think I. For, for me personally, I really welcome people who wanted to live and work in Thailand. I think we would be a great like combination, like our culture, despite like differences, we also have similar culture. And then like 
like why not? <laughs> like it's like we, if we can live together, we share our cultures, diversity. I think there's no border anymore. I don't really believe in building border or wall. I think it should be like we can. It it would be like great if we could cross border and then we could work anywhere. We could like live together, like exchange our cultures, and then. Yeah, the last thing I would say is like regarding the situation in Myanmar. Like, my heart is with with Burmese people. Like, you are so brave to create this change, and yeah. then I wish you like all the best and all the power to fight against military dictatorship. Like, I just want to say that I I stand with you, and then yeah, it's really create an impact also on on Thai people. Like, we need to. Boys out more. We need to fight more. Like and Myanmar, like Burmese people, would be a really great example of how we could go there. And then also thank you, Salu, for inviting me to share the story about migration situation in Thailand today. So hope it is useful for those who who listen to this podcast today. And then if you have any questions, you can always ask me or or Salu to to contact me. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, me. This is the second English version episode for this channel, and then thank you so much, me again. This is the this today topic is about the migration situation in Thailand, and hope to see you again in future.